ทั้งติจุงนี่ก็จินฮุงนี่เก่งห้ามให้ลุงเดียเมียนนิดปุ่นนี่ตอนอ๋อเยซูโตเป็นตะปาเมียนคุ้งเสยซูฮ่าให้
เจ้าเสียเหลือจ้างกินเจ้าเจ้าเสียมาให้ก้อยเย็นเจ้าเหลือเจ้าเจ้าอย่าเจ้าหุ่มแต่จีบัวแรงจริงเจ้าถึงห
อีบุคลอสพอยเมียนแบทติสจูปังอ่ออีบุเก่งแลงซิงไฮมวยเมียนมัวอ่าแลงเจ้ตงมึงเก่งเสียนที่หงุเตอ่อเมียนมัวมั
Now, so if you see the language that you could sing, sing with us. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart repent. Sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven nature sing. Sweetly sing 
I am so glad that I know Pastor Tan and his wife Kelly because I would have no idea what he just said to me. They are such a great couple and we counted a privilege to be able to serve alongside them with you. They have done so much work to prepare for this day so that you guys could be here to enjoy this service. I am very privileged to be here today to be able to celebrate with you the birth of our Lord and Savior this Christmas. You know, this month, more than a billion people will celebrate Christmas. They will do so amid candlelight carols and the smell of cedar and incense. The old story will unfold again. Gabriel's visitation and the journey to Bethlehem. The arrival of the baby in a stable. The glorious announcement to the shepherds in the night. The star in the east and the mission of the Magi. However, 
there are so many misunderstandings about Christmas today. If you are to ask people to tell you what does Christmas mean to them, you will likely hear things like it's a time for family to get together. Or it's time for presents. Or other things such as maybe singing Christmas carols or such things like that. You know, as we get started this morning, I want to start by asking you a question. What do you say makes a gift a really good gift at Christmas. Maybe it's how big it is. Maybe how pretty it's wrapped. Could it be how long it took the giver to purchase it? Or maybe it was how much it cost. You know, I am reminded of my kids on Christmas Day. The excitement and the anticipation that they have when they see all those gifts under the tree. You know, when they were little, it was the size of the gift that drew the excitement. But now as they get older, it seems to be the cost of the gift that brings excitement. As we come to this Christmas season, there is one gift that I think that really stands above the rest. This morning, I'd like to help us refocus on the true hope of Christmas. It's a hope that begins with Christ. And it is my prayer that you will come away from this morning with a joyful heart. Whether your parents or family members or friends give you the gift that you hope for or not. I want to give you a gift that will satisfy a hunger and a hope that will in every human heart. And this gift is from God. And I'm going to let God's own word, the Bible, tell you about this gift. Now most of you know and have this gift but all of us need to re- be reminded to enjoy this gift more often. This gift that we receive at Christmas is Christ. And today I want us to examine what makes this gift that started it all so valuable. This gift is valuable because of first, who gave the gift? 
You know, many times the value of a gift is wrapped up in who it was that gave it to you. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It says that God gave, God gave us. He's the creator of the universe, the one who created you and I. He is the one that we owe so much to. He gave us a gift, and that gift was his own son, Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible records this event on how God's son was given to us. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, says it this way. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. David Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see here, God gave us the birth of his son, and he named him Jesus. Mary was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. The birth of Jesus was different from any other birth mentioned before. Her pregnancy was a miracle from the Holy Spirit. John MacArthur states it this way. 
Obviously, Jesus' conception by the Holy Spirit is a great mystery. Even had he wanted to do so, how could God have explained it to us in terms that we could comprehend? How such a blending of the divine and the human could have been accomplished. We could no more fathom such a thing than we can fathom God's creating the universe from nothing. His being one God and three persons. Or his giving an entirely new spiritual nature to those who trust him in his son. You know, understanding such things will have to await until heaven. When we see our Lord face to face and know fully, just as we have been known fully. We have to accept it by faith. And you know what? That's just what this little boy did in this next illustration. Little Timmy, a five-year-old boy, asked his mommy, What does God look like? He put down his peanut butter sandwich and took a big swallow of milk. Well, she said, God is a spirit and we can't see him in the same way that we see people. His mother began, not really knowing quite where to go from there. But if we can't see him, how do we know what he's like? He persisted. She said, well, suppose you were blind, she suggested to Timmy. Would you be able to see daddy, for instance? He shook his head. But would you know what his daddy what daddy is like? He thought for a moment and then vigorously nodded his head. You'd know what daddy is like by the things that he says, wouldn't you? And he nodded again. And we know what God is like too by the things that he says in his word. And you know that daddy loves you because he would tell you so and do everything he could for you. That is exactly how we know that God loves us too. 
He has given us so much to help us to have a wonderful life. But most of all, he gave us Jesus to take away our sins and to show us what God is really like. And even though you couldn't see daddy, even if you were blind, you could hear his voice and feel when he was near. In the same way, through Jesus, we hear God's voice and feel him near too. That is why, even though we can't see God, we can be very certain what He is like. Then little Timmy picked up his sandwich and he exclaimed, I know! We don't see God outside, we see Him inside! You know, Timmy is right, isn't he? So, if you judge the greatness of a gift by who gave it, then the gift that started it all was given by God himself. And that brings me to my next point, that this gift is valuable because of why it was given. And I want to point you back to John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world. God loved us so much that he gave us his son. I'm going to take you back to Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 where it says, She, Mary, will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God declared salvation would happen through his son. This child from God was visiting earth to save people from the penalty of sin. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. You know, giving is a natural response of love. So because God so loves us, he gave us his son. And he did that so that we could be saved from the penalty of our sin. Romans 3, 10 through 12 says it this way. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. 
There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. You know, Christmas time, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, the Father sent his son Jesus to us. You know, the heart of Christmas is God showing his great love for humanity. The most famous statement in the Bible is Jesus' explanation of why God sent him to earth. It's because God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know, in our Christmas story, it shares about the angels in their opening statement to the shepherds of Bethlehem. God had wonderful news for us that would cause us all to rejoice and celebrate. Luke 2.10 says, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The good news of Christmas is worth celebrating. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been or where you are headed. This news is for you and God loves you. Romans 5.8 says it this way, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you judge the greatness of a gift by why it was given, then the gift that started it all is the gift that saved us from our sins. And that brings me to my next point, that this gift is valuable because of how much it cost. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. The Father gave us His only Son. And in 1 Timothy 2.6, it says, Jesus gave Himself as a ransom. 
ransom is a price paid to purchase someone's freedom. In 1193, the English king Richard I, also known as Richard the Lionheart, he was returning from leading a crusade to the Holy Land. As he was returning through Europe, Leonard V captured him in Austria. The Holy Roman Emperor demanded a ransom for Richard's release. The price was to be 150,000 marks, which was equal to three tons of silver. This was an enormous ransom demand. But you know what? The people of England so loved their king that they submitted an act to an extra taxation. And many nobles donated their fortunes for Richard's release. After many months, the money was raised and the King Richard returned to England. And that is where we get the expression, a king's ransom. But to us, the term a king's ransom could be better applied to the tremendous price that Jesus, the King of Kings, paid for our sins on the cross. This king wasn't being ransomed. He paid the ransom so that we could be set free. And you know what? It was the most expensive ransom in the history of mankind. Philippians 2.8 says it this way, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Romans 5.8 tells us, For God demonstrates His own love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God the Father spared no expense. He cared enough to give the very best. He gave us the gift that cost him the most of any gift that he could have given. 
He gave us the gift more valuable to him than anything else. And he gave us something that is one of a kind. He gave us his one and only son. So how much pain did the father endure as his only begotten son was beaten and nailed to a cross? And jeered by the crowd that he was sent to die for as he slowly bled out. How painful was it for the father to endure when he could have stopped it but didn't because of his love for you and I. The words from this classic hymn say it this way. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he would give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away. As wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. If you judge the greatness of a gift by its cost, then the greatest gift that started it all was the greatest gift of all. And that brings me to my last point, that this gift is valuable because of how useful it is. John 3.16 says it again. That so whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. First John 4.10 says it this way. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, I've done just a little bit of research here, and I've discovered that the death rate here in Shasta County is 100%. And did you know it's the same in every other country and every other county in the world? Everyone eventually is going to die. And yet talk about a useful gift that God has given us, the gift of eternal life wrapped up in Jesus. It was a gift that started it all and enabled us to keep on living. God has provided us with eternal life. Romans 6.23 says it this way, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Jesus Christ our Lord. First John 5:11 and 12 says, "God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life." A little boy was allowed to select a dog for his birthday present. At the pet store, he was shown a number of puppies. From them, he chose one whose tail was wildly wagging. When asked why he selected that particular dog, he explained, I wanted one with a happy ending. You know, the gift that started it all, the Father has given us the assurance of a happy ending, the eternal life in Him. You know, in the game of Monopoly, one of the most valuable cards is the get out of jail free card. But in the gift that started it all, the Father has given us a get out of hell free card wrapped up in a relationship with Jesus. How much more valuable of a gift could that be? That gift that started it all keeps on giving. It enables us to enjoy the greatest life on earth too. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they might have life and might have it abundantly. If you judge the greatness of a gift by its usefulness, the gift that started it all was the greatest gift ever. You know what? Today, the gift that started it all is here, actually, in this room. And it's wrapped up with your name on it, awaiting your acceptance, awaiting you to receive it and to open it up. Of course, the gift has a name, and his name is Jesus. It's big, and it costs a lot, and it was given by God Himself. Because He loves you, and it will change your life for good and forever. 
You know what? To deny him is to turn from God himself, the creator of the world. And to deny him is to continue in spiritual darkness and death. This message of Jesus, it demands a response. A response of belief or unbelief. Only Jesus can offer the true life and light. Let me ask you, have you opened up this gift yet? If you haven't, here's how you can. First, you have to admit. You have to admit that you are not a perfect person. First John 1.8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The sad part is that sin breaks our close relationship with God, and it causes us to fear God and to try to live our lives outside of His will. When we have this relationship that we were meant to have with God, and it's broken, we feel this emptiness inside, and we don't always know what it is that we're yearning for is God. So many times, instead of looking to God to fulfill this emptiness, we try different things. We try alcohol, drugs, an affair, therapy, or thrills. But really, what we should be trying to fill that emptiness with is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So first, what it means to be a Christian is you have to admit. I have to admit that God has not been first place in my life. And I need to ask him to forgive me of my sins. John 1 9, 1 John 1 9 says this If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. So the second thing that we need to do is we need to believe. Believe that Jesus Christ died to pay for your sins and that he rose on Easter and is alive today. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
It doesn't say that you might be saved, and it doesn't say that you can hope to be saved. It says you will be saved. So many people go through their life wondering, have I really given my life to Christ? Am I really going to heaven? And they doubt their salvation over and over. You know what this verse says? Is it says, if you call on the name of the Lord, he says, I will. And you, God, does not lie. What really matters is God says, I will save you if you do what I say and invite me into your heart. First, we have to admit. Second, we have to believe. Third, we have to accept God's free gift of salvation. Don't try to earn it. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says it this way. It is by grace that you are saved through, through faith. And it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Can you imagine if you had to earn your way to heaven? What a pretty place heaven would be. If you could earn your way to heaven, everybody up there would be bragging on how they got there. No, you don't get there on your own effort. You don't get there, you only get there by accepting God's free gift. Our relationship to Christ is not restored by anything that we do, but on the basis of what Jesus Christ already did for us on the cross at Calvary. And finally, we need to invite Jesus to come into our life. John 1, 12 through 13 says, To all who receive him, he gives the right to become the children of God. All we need to do is to trust him to save us. All those who believe this are reborn, not a physical rebirth, but from the will of God. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that you must believe and receive. Now some of you in this room might say, I believe Jesus Christ. I just don't know if I've ever received him into my life. I'd say congratulations, you're halfway there. What you need to do now is to invite him into your life. And how do you do that? Jesus says this in Revelation 3.20. Listen, 
I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. You can take these simple steps by praying a simple prayer of commitment to God. You know, if you've never settled this issue or if you've always had doubts, am I really a Christian? Do I know for sure I'm going to heaven? You can know for sure today by doing what Christ has called us to do. He has called us to come to him and ask him into our hearts. Let me ask you all to bow your heads and pray with me right now. If you have never prayed this prayer before, if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for making me and loving me even when I've ignored you and gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life and I am sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please help me to understand it more. As much as I know how, I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person inside. I accept your gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. Amen. With your eyes still closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. The Bible says in Romans 10.13, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, if you mean it in your heart, it's not really how you feel, but it's what is real. And let me tell you what is real. It is a commitment to Christ. You may not understand it right now. You know, the day you were born, did you understand everything about the world? When you are spiritually reborn, you don't understand everything about the Christian life. We can't expect a baby Christian to get up and be running a marathon or be a Billy Graham. You have to grow as a Christian. And that is what this church is all about. We're here to help you grow. And I want to ask you, if you made this decision today to invite Christ into your life, then we would like to know about it so that we can pray for you. With everyone's eyes still closed, 
If you prayed that prayer with me to ask Christ into your life, then will you please raise your hand? Now is your your time to respond to God. We want to rejoice with you. We want to help you to grow. If you prayed that prayer, respond to God now. As for the rest of you who know Christ, at this time I'm going to ask you to respond to God. I want you to tell him that what it is that you plan to do differently this Christmas. How are you going to treat this special gift that God has given you? Is your Christmas going to begin with Christ? I want you to respond to his leading and his calling you to come near to him. He loves you and he desires you to become more like him. What you believe in your heart will define who you become. And God wants you to become more like Jesus. Think about this. Maybe you have not been living your life according to the way that God called us to. I want you to take this opportunity right now to make things right with God. Evaluate your relationship with Him. Are you stuck in a rut or are you working daily to grow in your relationship with God? Have you been just trying to get by in life by just doing the minimum? If so, I want you to make this effort this week to change your ways. Paul told Timothy that some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. And that is that they don't know God. I hope that you're not missing the most important thing in life. If now, if you are, now is the time for you to make it right. Remember, it's your choice. You are as close to God as you choose to be. Let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we recognize that everything we believe, all that we hold to be true. The very basis of our lives here on earth and the hope that we possess for all eternity is all established upon our view and our knowledge and our understanding with regards to your son, Jesus. And it is so vitally important that our beliefs be in line with what your word teaches. That our views be biblically sound and accurate. Guide us this morning into your truth. 
Teach us your ways. So that we would be more conformed to the image of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know what? Let's make this Christmas the best Christmas by remembering the value of the gift that Christ called us to. Christmas begins with Christ. Christmas Thank you. อีบัวจะเก่งอะเฮงฮะก้องใจซ้ําเสียนทิวเงินจริงไปเวียแลนจริงบัวจุ้งอ่าเวียนมัวต่อยบัดเวียนเนี่ยไหวบัวฮะก
เจตาออลอฮามตองตองบัวเฉียมจุฮามเนี่ยป่าบุ๋มลอตองปุนฮามยกรทินหุงออบัวลอฮามตองตองยินายปามเกนเจียหยุกเนี่ยฮาเจ
天有龙有道婚姻，就长的不讲也都改变。转台先叫赵金龙好命，就买平安为先叫耶稣。ยูเกลเลนจิงเอ็ดทินฮงตานก้องอ่ะบุตรไทยคู่เฟียนมันบอกให้ห้อยบุหายเนาะเยซูกิตูเซคริสต์มาสเยซูกิตูเซจิโอ
ซิอันยิสุตุยะลิงยะแมยิสุกิตุตาเจียวบัวนี่ตาจั่วบัวบัวเก่งแรงจริงๆทุ่งเวนี่เจียวเอ็นเนาะบัวเมาลามหาจิ